Hey guys, it's Cheryl Nemhard, and welcome once again to On the Path. I'm so excited to have you with us. I say us because we are always in the classroom of life. And today we are learning from the one and only Jamie Grace. Jamie Grace is a singer, songwriter, and actress. She is a two-time Grammy nominee and a Dove Award-winning artist who got her start on YouTube at, get this, only 14 years old. She has millions of followers and what seems like an incredible life, but she tells the transparent story of living and working through uh, Tourette syndrome, OCD, ADHD, and anxiety. And by living with these conditions, she has grown into the space of Finding Quiet, which is the name of her brand new book. And we are going to discuss not only her brand new book, but how to find quiet in the chaos, how to live and find mental health and wellness in the most craziest storms that we face. And guys, let's not make any bones about it. 2020, has been a crazy year. We could all use a little bit of finding quiet and the tools that she will give us on how to find peace and calm in the midst of chaos. You are going to love this episode. I've been so moved by this conversation that I've actually decided to add a bonus episode right after this one. I'm calling it Finding Quiet the affirmations bonus episode and it will be just about five to ten minutes of music and scriptures and reflections just a moment that we can give ourselves to be still to be quiet to have a moment of reconnection with God we don't get enough of those guys and I think this is a perfect episode as we gear up into the holidays. It's a crazy time. So we all can use with a little bit of finding quiet. So you know what I'm going to say, get your pens, get your pencils out, because we are going into the classroom of life. We're talking with Jamie Grace about finding quiet here on the path. You're listening to On the Path podcast with Cheryl Memhart. Follow Cheryl Memhart on all social media platforms. Jamie, how are you doing today? I am doing well. I did not know you were in Canada, and I love Canada so much, so I'm really happy right now. <laughs> okay. Girl, welcome to Canada. In particular, this is Toronto. We call it the Six. Land of Drake, Land of Fever, <laughs> Land of Sean Mendez, Celine Dion, we can go on. <laughs> but it is so good to have you with us. And I love that some of the listeners will know who you are from your other ministry platform. And then some are just getting to know you for the first time. So, Jamie, I'd love to just ask you before even we get into the questions, tell us a little bit about your music career up until this point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in the States. I uh, grew up in, in Georgia, southeast of, um, of, of, of USA, United States. I always get so intimidated when I find out I'm talking to people from Canada because I feel like I have to all of a sudden like be really smart and like sound really cool and nice. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> well, thank you. But it just didn't help. I feel like you're so much cooler than me just because you're Canadian. Anyways, um, so so yeah, so I, I grew up in Georgia um, and I kind of had the uh, 
cliche in, in a good way, if you will, um, upbringing of like homeschooled pastor's kid. Um, both my parents are in ministry. My sister's my best friend. Just had a really great uh, upbringing. And when I was about 14 years old, um, I started uh, making YouTube videos, which ironically, you said Justin Bieber, but for the longest time, people would kind of compare me to Justin Bieber in the way that my career kind of happened. Um, there was a, a there's a the, the network I'm pretty sure it's in Canada called TBN oh, yeah. and uh yeah and so they have they had a kids tv show uh, about 12 years ago called I Shine and uh, I was 17 years old when um some of the producers from I Shine found my YouTube channel um and kind of signed me within weeks and I was on the tv show I started doing the tour and then I was with the record label for a little while and so I've had some really awesome opportunities with radio and like, uh, like as you mentioned the Grammys as well with songs like hold me and beautiful day and I mean I just I'm just this really nerdy dorky goofy girl that likes to write and play guitar um, and and sing and and it's become my full-time job and you know it's it's quite different now uh, I'll be 29 in a few days and and it's quite different as a 29 year old versus being a 17 year old on tour full-time but <laughs> So as I stick a pin, hold up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell that everything that you've done, you are only 29 years old. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be 29 in like, what, four or five days? Five days. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. And color me impressed. I am blown away. <laughs> and now here you are sort of in this next chapter of your life. And yeah. you've written a book and, and an amazing book at that. I need. I need thank you. Thank you. We're going to get into this book. You need to grab it. Finding Quiet, I got to ask you, why Finding Quiet and how did this, how did this whole book come to be? Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy because um, I... I think the main difference with the book and my music is that the book is longer. Um, but I've always kind of talked about a lot of the issues that I talk about in the book, in my music, the, the, the book talks a lot about just like finding peace in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of an anxious world, in the midst of having stress in your life and how we can just still have peace and, and quiet. And then through that, we can even have joy um, without having to find perfection to find joy. Um, and I've, I've always kind of put that in my music as well, but because my music is like very happy go lucky on purpose. Um, you know, I think that sometimes like it, you don't always see that there's maybe like a lot of like deeper and if you will, even like darker stuff um, within those songs. You know, I, I've kind of joked around my family and I really like to joke around about it because like my song holds me, for example, that came out when I was a teenager. Like I wrote it as a, a literal kid. I'm writing this song and it's like the most happy go lucky, like running around just like with unicorns and mermaids or whatever sounding kind of happy go lucky song. But like the lyrics are literally like talking about, I don't want to talk to my friends. My job is the worst. Like everything is miserable in my life, you know, because life is hard. And I've always, I've never shied away from, from talking about those things. And so um, I was really grateful to be able to, to write a book that really kind of explored that a little bit more of like, hey, life is hard, but what does that mean? What are some of the things that I've gone through? What are some of the challenges that I faced? And how can we without trying to escape the reality of pain and without trying to even promote a message of perfection, how can we find peace in the middle of all of this adversity? Listen, 
<laughs> we could stay right here. <laughs> okay. No, no, that is the question for the age. Like, how do we find peace in the middle yeah. of this chaos? Like, Jamie, when you look around, I don't know about you, but my chest gets real tight, right? It gets real tight, you know, yeah. from global pandemic to global catastrophes, um, uh, you know, famine, poverty, like just worldwide to, to racial tensions in North America. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we're, the, we're your cousins. We, we have it over mm-hmm. here. And I always say we're, 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 we're cousins in the sense that literally if, if, if the U.S. sneezes, we catch a cold, right? right. Like we're mm-hmm. affected by just everything. And, and, you know, when you look at the, you know, the tensions and elections, and conspir- like it's just, it's so much. Yeah. On top of all of that, with the quarantine, with with the pandemic and, and coronavirus, people have lost their jobs, their businesses going under. Uh, there's a lot of grief and loss. How you 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 have found a way to give us the tools? Could you give mm. if it someone's listening and thinking I'm going under? How do I find peace in the midst of that storm? Right, right. I mean, so, you know, I I talk quite a bit about my upbringing um, in the book, because I just really like to accredit my parents with a lot of the way that I did turn out as a human. Um, You know, obviously, I'm almost 30. So a lot of and I say almost 30 casually because I know I really want to be 30. I've been looking forward to it since I was about seven years old. So I very regularly reference myself as almost 30, even though it's not till next year. <laughs> but I just, I'm really ready for it. The 40s and you're moving towards 50 or you're not. Oh, no. 50 is the next one. How cool is half of 100? That's, that's so cool. <laughs> like, you get there and then you're like, oh, I'm just, oh my gosh, I'm such a nerd. I get too excited about it. So like, um, you know, I'm almost 30 and, but I, so obviously I've had to make my own choices, but I like to, to credit my parents with this. So I, t- I talk about in the book about this moment of my childhood. My mom is so like into quiet and I'm talking literal quiet. My mom is one of those who are riding down the street. She's like, let's just like turn off the radio and like turn off everything and just like listen to the wind. <laughs> like, you know, my mom is like, let's just like breathe. And I have ADHD. So I'm like, or we could all try to have our own conversation and then see if anybody can hear the other one, if we're all being loud and crazy, you know, and my mom is so good at helping me, calm down and helping me find rest and helping me center. And so, um, you know, and, it's, and especially from a spiritual perspective, because my mom is a very much a God-fearing woman. And so I think literal quiet is important, but also something that, you know, I've learned from growing up, but then also in my adulthood as well, is that we can't always have that literal quiet. So yes, finding quiet is about shutting out all of the noise around us. But like you were mentioning the things with like racial tension and the, the po- political drama like literal drama like we can't turn that stuff off and we would be we would be ignorant to try to turn that off to try to turn the blind eye you know I remember one of my peers earlier this year there was a viral video that was going around um about you know um it was one of our black men that was recklessly just killed and uh one of my peers was just saying like yeah I just I'm choosing to just turn away from that because I just can't see that and I'm not trying to tell anybody they should or shouldn't watch anything but I I remember reaching out to her and I was like hey you can't you can't turn away from this like that's not a choice that we have to just say oh I don't want this in my mind I don't want this in my spirit like 
We can't, if you're, if you're going to live in America and make the wise choice to let your voice be heard through voting, we can't just say things like, oh, I'm not going to watch a debate because I don't want to be a part of it. We can't do those things. So like you were saying, and then how do we find quiet when there is so much noise? And what I've had to realize, and this is very convicting for me, it's a lot of tough love. It's a lot of accountability from my husband as well. I have to be cautious of the unnecessary noise that I'm adding on top of the noise that I can't control. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring it in a little bit more intimate and not so much about what's going on in the world, but even in my own home, you know, um, our, our daughter, we, we chose to buy our one and a half year old daughter, a karaoke machine, because what one and a half year old doesn't need a full speaker karaoke machine. That is the <laughs> like I'm having a massive birthday party with a DJ and they're one. Literally, literally every day. She knows how to turn it on. She knows how to turn her mic up and down. Um, the only adjustment I've made is I took, she only has one mic instead of two because she was yelling into two at a time. And I was like, you know, we could turn it down a little bit. Um, but okay, so there are obviously times where I tell her, no, you're not going to play in your karaoke machine right now because I'm the boss and she's, you know, she can't tell me what to do. But there are also times when my one and a half year old she's expressing herself and she's exploring with her toys and she's having a good time. So I could make the choice to be like, be quiet, go away. I don't want you to do this. Or I could just make the choice to not add unnecessary noise and something, you know, that is a very uh, terrible habit for me is to just grab my phone and just like swipe through social media or just get on TikTok and just mindlessly watch a whole bunch of videos or, you know, just make the choice to just add even more noise to my life. Or even like if I'm stressed out in the evening and my mind is racing with 18 million thoughts of what I should have said and what I could have said and who texted me that day and who I let down and what I didn't own up to own up to and all this stuff, I could make the choice to add unnecessary noise by falling asleep to a sitcom or turning on Netflix or Hulu when I could just choose to close my eyes and pray. And, and so it's, it's, it's not always about like, oh, how can I tell everyone in my home to be quiet? How can I tell everyone in my community to be quiet? How can I tell everyone in my world to be quiet? But it's saying, God, how can you deal with me from the inside out? Because I am adding so much social media and that's so much noise. I'm adding so much television and that's so much noise. I'm listening to music that does not have a good influence on me and that is unnecessary noise. And like I said, it's very convicting for me. It's a daily choice. Um, and it also takes a lot of accountability from the people around me. Cause like sometimes I'll just find myself complaining about stuff. And my husband's like, you know what? But like, is it helpful if we just like stand here and just keep complaining about them? And sometimes I'll look at him like, yes, it is. But, but no, it's, it's not, it's not edifying. It's just unnecessary noise that we don't need to add to our own lives. And so it's learning how to find that quiet from the inside out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, quiet from the inside out. And that leads me, and, and I love that whole analogy of noise and, um, and, and really kind of like trimming down, scaling down, mm-hmm. back. And it makes me wonder, is it possible for us, like you, I think you live this in this space so well, help us. Mm. Is it possible to be overwhelmed, but still full of faith? to be overwhelmed and mm. have joy like is is there a place where it's like uh, this is a lot but i'm mm-hmm. what does that mean? right 
Oh, most definitely. You know, um, you know, I mentioned having ADHD. Um, and when, when I was 11, I was diagnosed with ADHD, but also the, the main diagnosis was Tourette syndrome, um, OCD and anxiety and Tourette syndrome, just for those that don't know, it's a tick disorder. So I make movements and sounds that I can't control. And again, you know, I'm, I'm much older than I was when I originally got my diagnosis. And so I've really learned how to deal with it, how to manage it. Um, and it's definitely, it's not as severe as it was when I was a kid. Um, and also just, I, I, I like, I, I, I like to make that a note, just especially for anybody that might be listening or watching that might also know someone with Tourette syndrome. I'm like, also like when I have interviews, it's usually a really good day. My daughter's not home. Like I have a full night's rest, like, you know, catch me on another day and you'd be like, Oh yeah, I see it. Um, but yeah, so I, that's something that I definitely had to learn, you know, or early on, um, I had to learn like can I have this condition, this thing that I can't control? Um, and, and can I still have the joy of the Lord? Like, are these things going to coexist, you know? Um, and I really, 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 I, there are a couple different scriptures that really helped me with that. But I, was, I remember I was about 14 years old and, um, you know, this is a few years after my diagnosis. And this was after having just gone through, a lot of the physical pain of, of a lot of my tics and things like that and not really doing school because I was just not able to focus and not really having a great social life because not a lot of kids wanted to be around me. A lot of their parents thought that it was contagious, which it's not. Um, and, so it, and no matter how many times my parents told them that, their parents were still like, and eh, we're not sure. And so um, I, I remember being about 14 years old and just falling in love um, with the scripture, Psalm 30, verse 5, and just falling in love with when it, where it says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning and just processing the fact that like, it never says weeping may endure for a night. And then once the weeping is over, then you can have joy because weeping is bad and you should never cry. Like the Bible literally says there's a time to laugh and a time to cry. And so I just was so fascinated with that verse. And I was like, hold on a second, wait a second what if this means that I can be weeping and I can still have joy, you know, and, 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 and mind you, this is coming from a, 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 like a, a child of two missionary pastors. Right. So, you know, this is like half of half of the church that I grew up in, you know, um, most of the people were uh, recovering from drug addiction or, you know, had, had lost custody of their children and had been incarcerated. And then now were able to regain custody over their children after rehabilitation and, and things like that. And so, so um, first time believers, you know, people that were, you know, had been abused or maybe even had been abusers. Like my parents were very intentional about pastoring in a community that was very much underserved. And so when I tell you about the miracles of the Lord and like what God can do, like I've seen healing um, in powerful ways and I believe in that healing. But I think oftentimes we believe that healing has to happen exactly how we think it has to happen and exactly when we think it's supposed to happen. And even as a kid, I remember seeing someone with my condition that got a surgery and he was, you know, healed. God bless these doctors to do this research. And, and he, he didn't have Tourette syndrome anymore. But as I got older, I started to realize, you know, God speaking to me and being like, your physical healing might not come, but I'm going to give you an emotional healing that that can write songs to tell stories to change lives. And that will be your joy. 
even in the midst of your adversity. That will be the joy, even in the midst of the pain that you're facing. And so, um, yeah. I love that. I just wanted to say, because it just hit me so hard, what you're saying is, is that we can have joy and we can have hope and we can have strength, but it may look slightly different in the storm. Right, right, exactly. And it's still hope, right? Right. No, exactly. I mean, we oftentimes like we want, we want the storm to pass. We want the storm to end. And God is just saying like, who, who are you to tell me what it looks like for a storm to end? You know, I, I remember like my whole life, my mom would say this all the time. And it's just one of those things. Like when you get older, you're like, maybe my mom was right. I don't care. Like, you know, like I remember my mom being like, look, every time you get frustrated that it's raining and you don't want rain, there is a farmer that is praising God for that rain. Like you need to remember that. And I was just like, you know, I was, I've always like, when I was a kid, I was like really scared of like rain and thunderstorms and stuff. And she would just always tell me, she was like, but just think about like, the farmer that's like so grateful for this. I'm like, but mom, I don't like this. And she's like, everything is not for you. One. And two, it maybe maybe God's using this in another way, you know? And so that's just like a perspective that I don't always have, but I've tried to always have because I just think it's really, it's a really humbling perspective. And it's also just great, great, a great concept of realizing like God is still moving even when, yeah. even when we don't think he is, he is always moving. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love this conversation so much. I love this. <laughs> same, same. Let's, let's camp in, in this area of storms. I love that. Yeah. What I think is a storm and like tragedy, there is someone in the world that is saying, I'll take her tragedy for a thousand, Alex. Right. Mm-hmm. Have that because it's because there's always someone that is in a worse situation than us. And you know, when mm-hmm. we talk about this idea of storms, I gotta ask you, it's the perfect segue to the next question. I my life mantra has been that storms, I said it kind of in our intro, storms are our greatest teachers. We learn so much. You're right. People don't want hardship and they don't want, they don't want the downtimes and they want life to be super easy, but you don't learn, you know, in the easy times, you learn so much in those tough back against the wall times. You get strong, you grow, you, you know, the muscles start to flex. And, and so I believe that storms, teach us about three things. They teach us about who God is, mm-hmm. right? They teach, yeah. they teach about us, us about who we are. We, you know, we don't know who we are until we go through a storm and then we're like, oh. Right. Uh, <laughs> and this one's really interesting and funny. And they'll teach you who other people are. Right. That's so true. You want to know who your friends are or your, or your tribe? Right. Go through a storm. 100%. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, you know, like, that's why I love the book of Job so much, because I feel like, <laughs> you know, he's like going through the storm, but you're just like really seeing the true colors of the people in his community. And um, yeah, I mean, it's what have you learned, Jamie? Tell us, share, like, what have you learned? Man, yourself and others? I think the most important thing that I've learned through just especially with my health complexities um, has has been compassion, you know, um, I, I was it's always interesting, because I've I've, I've oftentimes I've, I've gotten, uh, well, you know, when I'm before COVID, when I used to travel and sing songs, um, it was really cool. Uh, you know, after, after a show, after a show, I would, you know, get the beautiful opportunity to sign autographs and to meet, you know, people at the show and everything. And like 
almost every one of my shows, I would see a group of friends, whether it was like high school girls or, or, you know, a couple of like, you know, young adult women, college girls that took the weekend off to all come to the show or whatnot. There'd always do, there's always a group of friends. And very often there is like the one friend that is in the back of the friend group um, that has like her hands in her pockets. Maybe she's got her head down a little bit and maybe she came to the concert because she was in the dorm when she heard everybody else talking about it. And they were like, okay, fine, you can come too. Or maybe she came to the concert because those girls, like their mom, they were like, you know, Hey, like their moms were like, Hey, you need to invite her to like, don't leave her out, whatever. Um, it's just a very frequent thing, like to see a group of girls hanging out and then to see a girl with them that doesn't really look like she belongs or doesn't really look like she even wants to belong. And I just, every single time I would see that, I would naturally, I relate the most to the girl that's standing in the back. I relate the most to the girl that's standing alone. I relate the most to the girl that is not as popular as the other girls. And it was always just this beautiful connection. And I'm not saying that, you know, I, I'd be like, hi, I'm Jamie. And then like, she just like starts crying. And then we just have this lifelong magical friendship. And like, we're in each other's weddings and stuff. Like, it's not like that. It's more so of just like, I'm able to see people that don't feel seen. Um, And it's not because I'm amazing. It's not because I'm incredible, but it's because for most of my life, I felt unseen. I felt unheard. Like I, I was the girl at the birthday party that I was invited because they had to invite me. Or I was the kid after church that was sitting by myself when all the other kids were sitting there talking about what they watched on TV, but they knew that I didn't know anything about it because I was the preacher's kid and we don't watch that kind of stuff. It's like, I, I was the girl that felt so unseen that felt so unheard I was, I am still, I'm, I'm the woman that sometimes I'm not the bridesmaid in the wedding because people don't really feel that close to me from college, but they'll ask me to sing at their wedding because I'm Jamie Grace, you know? So like, I, I feel that I know that that is the, and I also like to always clarify if anybody's listening, there's some great friends that I do have from growing up in college. I don't want people to think that I'm just like, right, exactly. I'm like, please don't text me and be like, what? Um, but it's, you know, it's, it, I, that's, that's, that's been the story of my life. And so it's, it's given me this ability to just like, I really am able to empathize with people really well and sympathize with people really well. I'm very in tune to other people's emotions because of how I've been treated and the experiences that I've had. And um, I mean, that's compassion. That's straight out of the Bible. And so I'm really grateful for everything I've experienced because if I hadn't been bullied and isolated, I wouldn't know how to see the bullied and isolated. (laughs) I I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that same mindset. And, um, yeah, I and and I know that. Yeah, so well. And tell yeah. us about what what have you learned about God through your toughest times? Yeah, I mean, I I really again to mention my parents. I think one of the best things that I've learned is that you know he he will never leave us or forsake us, right? Like he is always there with us, and I they just they gave me my parents always gave me the space to feel hurt and to feel broken, um, and to feel frustrated and know that God was still with me. Um, You know, I absolutely love, and this sounds a little dark, but I love the scripture when Jesus is on the cross and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he continues to follow through with the greatest sacrifice because he knows that his God has not forsaken him. Uh, You know, but he felt it. And, 
And I think it's important to see scriptures like that and to know this is, it's okay to feel this way, but to know that God is still with you, even if it looks different, if it feels different, if it is different, you're still not alone. And that's one of the most important things that I've learned. (laughs) I'd love to know, has Jamie Grace ever hit rock bottom? And what did that look like? Yeah. And how did you get out of it? How did you? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I think I hit rock bottom, but I didn't really know that I had hit rock bottom. Um, you know, I talk about this a little bit in the book as well of just becoming known as an artist at a very young age and then dealing with traveling full time and being an artist out on the road, oftentimes by myself. Um, and sometimes in environments that I did not want to be in. And so I was having these like experiences and like being exposed to things that as I guess you, maybe some people would like call me reserved and stuff. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, I get it. Like I'm a grown woman, but like, I don't, I don't drink. Like I still kind of flinch sometimes if I hear certain words in like an R-rated movie. So like, I just like, I'm having, have, being exposed to certain things and being in these environments that were not healthy for me spiritually that I did not want to be a part of. Um, but then also me making poor choices of not opening up to my family, you know, not having a church family that I could trust on a regular basis, you know, not talking to my friends about what was going on. Um, knowing that if I stopped to feel, if I stopped to pray, if I stopped to process that I would probably feel the conviction of, Hey, maybe the sacrifice is that it's time to go home, that it's time to walk away, that it's time to have a little bit more of a normal life than, you know, this, this situation. Um, so yeah, so I, I definitely did feel like I hit, hit rock bottom just before, like around like, maybe like age 24. Um, I remember my sister, my sister is like quite often the voice of reason in my life. And I remember just her kind of coming, coming to me at one point and just being like, Hey, like I can see through all of this joy, this genuine joy of the Lord. But she's like, I can see to your heart and see that like you're kind of at the end of what you have left because no one's pouring into you you know um and in more or less words but um but but when I was 24 I and this is kind of hard to say in a, in a short segment but in what I was 24 um I became an independent artist I um I, I bought a house like 20 minutes away from my parents, but um, I wanted to just kind of not isolate, but I wanted to really kind of go into solitude and healing and recovery and recharge and rest uh, and very expensive therapy. <laughs> but I just, I was like, you know what? I don't like this empty well that I'm pouring from, you know, I don't, like I started thinking about my childhood and this kind of almost cheesy sitting in the quiet room that I always picked on my mom for and realizing like, whoa, without that, I am just running and running and running on manufactured steam. And at some point it's going to, it's going to run out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, so I literally just went into like, about two years of very intentional solitude, um, very 
a very intentional healing time and in space and very scheduled time with my sister and my parents on a regular basis and um, serving in my home church uh, regularly. And, um, you know, and, and, and I, I want to, you know, I wanted to be very clear as well. Like it, this is not at all me saying like, Oh, the, the music industry is bad and serving at church is, is the only good. You know what I mean? Um, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, Oh, being on tour is bad and being at home with your parents is the only good. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but what I am saying is that when you are not centered and focused and being intentional about your own self and your own heart and your own calling and purpose um, and your own responsibility toward environment and culture, whatever it is, like anything can become bad. <laughs> anything can become messy. Anything can become just unnecessary noise. Yeah. And, and that's what, that, that's kind of what I experienced. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I just kind of, I went into kind of solitude and I didn't uh, release music for a couple years. And I just, just kind of, I don't know, just, chilled out <laughs> which is something I hadn't done since I was 17 <laughs> you know Jamie that's such you know that's that, that it seems so simple but it is so profound what you're sharing because mm. so many people in this in this optics driven culture of see me I'm grinding I'm an influencer whatever that is I'm right you know, I'm, I'm I'm a celebrity whatever that is right and nobody ever wants to power down Mm-hmm. Nobody ever wants to t- dial it back. Right. They're going to go all out, broken, shattered, wounded, mm-hmm. nonstop grinding. And right. it takes actual bravery and mm. a sense of self. That's when you know. I think that's when you truly know yourself, when you could say, I'm actually not okay right now. Mm. Yeah. I can sense that and I need to pull back. And I right. I just want to applaud you for doing that. It, it was a clear, mm. like white flag. I need mm-hmm. a moment. And you came out on the other side. And in fact, let me ask you, you came out on the other side as what? I was I was whole. Um I was different. I was focused. I was centered. Yeah. Um and I, I wanted, I wanted to be, you know, to be clear as well. Like, like, like I said, some of it was just were some choices of my own where I, where I was just like, you know, pushing feelings deep, deep down, and you know, not dealing with my own stuff. But you know, for for people listening that maybe are not like it's not all your fault. Like this can happen too. You know, um, you know, I remember, and I, I know this sounds kind of random, but I just want to share this because I don't think it's in the book. And I just like to share this, especially when I'm speaking with like women. Um, but there was, there was some stuff that I'd experienced when it comes to just men being inappropriate and making comments and just having way too much interest in how much weight I did or didn't lose or gain. And you know who I was dating and that kind of stuff. Um, and there was a season when I, when I lived alone where I would like, I, it was hard but I learned and I intentionally learned how to walk through that house by myself in my bathing suit outfit, basically, (laughs) and learn how to embrace the body that God gave me. And that was something, you know, 
I worked through that with therapy as well too. But so when you asked me like, who did I come out on the other side? I, I came out also as this woman that was proud of who I am, you know, and learn, learning how to be proud of my blackness without feeling like, oh, is this against the Bible to be proud of this brown skin? You know, learning to be happy about my curves, but they don't have to be, you know, sexualized for anybody else's entertainment or enjoyment they could just be something that I'm proud of because this is the bone structure God gave me and so um I just I was finding the beauty in you yes and that was something that I lost largely due to things that were out of my control um you know a lot of times you have to find quiet because of things that you lose um and sometimes you have to find quiet because of things that are stolen from you um and and I had to do both um, and I'm grateful that I did both because it, I'm, I'm much, I'm a much different woman now than I was, you know, six years ago. You sure are Jamie Grace. Mm. How, I want everybody to get this book. Mm, How do they, um, follow you, track with you. I know the book is sold everywhere. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's taking care of that. How can <laughs> find you just to keep up and be inspired by you? Yeah, the uh, the easiest places, you know, to find me are, are uh, Instagram. If you like Instagram, Jamie Grace H. Um, I have a podcast and YouTube videos that I up, update weekly. Um, so just type in either the Jamie Grace podcast or just Jamie Grace on YouTube. Um, but yeah, it's just... Jamie Grace everywhere. You can find Jamie Grace <laughs> most mostly Instagram because that is my favorite place is Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, there's someone that's listening right now and they just need an encouraging word. What do you want to say to the people who are really overwhelmed right now in this crazy season? Yeah, I mean, the, the main thing that I would say, I just had a very similar conversation with a friend yesterday and it's just, it's okay to be frustrated right now. It's, it's okay to feel pain right now. Um, I, I was, I was at the, the store the other day, you know, had a mask on and everything. And I was at the store and the clerk at the store, I was, I couldn't get my card out of my wallet and I was just a little frazzled. And I, I told her, I just started venting to this woman that I don't even know. She was just like over 50 maybe. And she just kind of seemed like a mom. And I was like, look, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I'm really overwhelmed. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I just dropped my daughter off at my parents. I'm really tired. I'm trying to get to work. Like, I'm just telling this woman all my business for no reason. And I was like, I really just think that I'm losing my mind a little bit. Like, I don't even know this lady. And I just told her this. I was like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. And she looked at me and she said, no, baby, this has been a long year. And I almost like, I've been social distancing, but I almost hugged the stranger um, because it was so refreshing just for someone to remind me no, baby, it's been a long year. A lot, this is this is a lot. And it's a lot for anyone. And so if someone's listening, and they're feeling frustrated and overwhelmed and doubtful, you're not alone. I'm not at all saying like, oh, my stuff is just as bad as your stuff. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that we are all feeling a collective grief and pain. And it's okay to press into that. Just as you're pressing into that, Call a friend, a counselor, a pastor, a cousin, a neighbor, a spouse, your child, if they're like, you know, a grown up and stuff. Call someone, share these honest, transparent feelings with them um, because you're not alone. And, and when you reach out and you share these things with someone, you 
I pray that you will be validated in understanding that you're not alone um, and that it will help you feel a sense of safety and security and not perfection, but just a freedom to find joy even through whatever else you're feeling. Guys, you heard it here. This is Jamie Grace. Finding Quiet is the name of the book, My Journey to Peace in an Anxious World. You need to get this. This is a, a, not only uh, a good read, but it is a beautiful coping tool right now. It is going to give us the tools we need to be able to navigate the crazy that is 2020. (laughs) I think we need all the tools we can get. And Jamie seems to have an incredible insight, having lived it, having lived, living through it uh, with Mm. her own personal struggles. Guys, such a great, great conversation. Thank you so much, Jamie. I can't wait to have you back. You are awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Look forward to coming back. Wow, what an incredible episode. I want to thank Jamie Grace for hanging out with us today and giving us the tools on how to find quiet, to find peace in the midst of chaos. I hope that you got something. I know I did. And I cannot wait for you to listen to the affirmations bonus. Don't forget to check that out. That'll be coming down the pipe in just a few moments. Uh, But in the meantime, I want to do a big shout out to all my listeners, those in Ireland, those in Europe, those in the U.S., those in the Caribbean. Guys, wherever you are, I just want to say God bless you. And I hope that you are getting ready for a wonderful Christmas season and you're getting ready to say goodbye, sayonara, to 2020. What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? I'd love to hear. Please hit me up at Cheryl Nemhard on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Would love to hear from you guys. In the meantime, would be so appreciative if you would kindly subscribe rate and review guys tell me what you think rate the episodes i sure can use it go to apple go to google go to spotify iHeartRadio, amazon we are everywhere and anywhere i want you guys to take a minute and please rate and review and subscribe thank you so much for all that you are doing uh to hang out with me to be with me on this journey and for sharing and spreading the word about on the path we want to just continue i want an army of ten thousand in 2021. Am I reaching too big? I don't think so. I want an army of 10,000 followers and I'm just going to believe God for the big things. Why don't we believe God for the big things together? Listen, guys, until then, I want to encourage you to keep living, keep learning, keep loving, and I'll take a page from Jamie Grace. Let's find some quiet this Christmas season and I will see you on the path. Thanks for listening. Please like, download, and subscribe. This has been an Exusia Media production.